0: Hey, everybody. How do we come together? Jay Nolan here, and I've got... I had to wait about a week before I did this next one because I wanted to really absorb what was going on in the world. I really wanted to absorb, you know, since all of the... Really, the awareness has come about with the racial tension, uh, with the killing of George Floyd and how that's really like upended almost everything when it comes to the news and, and how much really all the tugging and pulling and back and forth is going on in the media and with people and family and friends. And so I initially wanted to do a Facebook Live and a broadcast. I wanted to do that. Uh, earlier in the week, because the last one I did was a week ago. And as the week got progressing, I started feeling and noticing and paying attention to the different energies that were flowing uh, around my circle as I was watching what was happening in the media, as I was hearing from family, as I was hearing from friends. I started to feel the progression. Now, in order for us to come together, what I've realized is We have to make a serious and a solid commitment to coming together. We literally have to make a conscious, competent decision that our mission, our goal, is to literally be the one that bonds and pulls people together. And it's going to take some effort. It's going to take energy. It's going to take some time. And there has to be an an understanding that change is here. It's inevitable. You know, when we talk about the United States of America, the one thing that we have to do as a people is we have to embrace what's happened in the past, put it in front of our face, and then after the embrace, put it in front of your face and then move past race. Did you catch that? You got to embrace the past, put it in your face. So embrace, right? Face, and then no longer make it about race. But if we think that we can just brush it aside and not have it be a deal because we want to ignore it, we don't want to accept it, It's it's literally crazy to think that. There's too many people crying out. There's too many people that are protesting. There's something that must be wrong for this many people, for this period of time, for this time, for people to say, you know what? We're going to keep going this time until we actually have the change that needs to be for all human beings. We must come together. How do we do it? We have to embrace what happened in the past. We gotta face it, that takes courage. And then we gotta move past the issue of race. We are not moving past the issue of race if we don't move through the progression of facing it and embracing it. It's not going to happen. And if, and if you understand the power of that, that puts you in a challenging situation. That puts me in a challenging situation. If I choose to ignore that, because then I'm going to go ahead and push that on to my child and my children, right? Because I plan- we plan on having more children. And if you think about it, that's why we're in this situation today with so much tension, with so many people pulling in so many different directions, because the previous generations did not embrace the issue, did not face the issue, and could not get past the issue of race. You know it. And I know it because we're actually dealing with it. And what happens is when we are faced with having to deal with it, many people will hit fatigue. You realize people will hit what's called making a change fatigue because they were going about their life in a certain way, in a certain manner. And then all of a sudden their life gets upended and they got to deal with this tough thing face to face, day in and day out. They can't get away from it. It's on the news. Your family's talking about it. Your friends are talking about it. Your neighbors are talking about it. You can't escape it unless you just want to go somewhere and close up the lock up the doors and turn everything off. Don't put your phone on. Don't look at social media because you got to deal with it. Don't turn the TV on. You got to deal with it. So if we know we have to deal with it, are we going to be selfish? That's the key. I have to ask myself the question. Am I going to be selfish? And I'm telling y'all, I have a lot going on in my life right now. I have challenges that I'm dealing with right now. Just like everybody deals with challenges. Some of them are bigger than others, right? I'm dealing with the big issue right now. But what does that mean I got to do? I got to embrace I'm dealing with it. I got to face it. And I got to figure out how to move my big issue past race. Because a lot of issues, when we come and look at it, In this country, which is the strangest thing ever, in the United States of America, most issues of tension, if we take a microscope and look at it, are going to lead back to the race issue. Why? It hasn't been dealt with. Who's going to deal with it? That's why I wanted to do this Facebook Live on my page, because I know it'll end up getting a lot of views. Over the next week, it's going to get a bunch of views, right? So I know it's going to get a bunch of views, because of my network of friends, of family, and how we communicate with each other and we share things, I know it's going to get a bunch of views because those that are around me and me around them, we have this trust and this bond of real and truth and sharing. So let me give you an example before I go ahead and, 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 and go on back to the beginning. Let me give you a, an example because some people can say, you know what? We see Jay is posting on his wall, tough issues. So I'm posting some tough stuff. I'm mixing it up. I've got issues that I'm posting that are like, you know what, let's come together, let's bond. It's all about love. Then there's some of my posts that I will deal with a tough issue. And you will notice the likes, the comments on my posts that deal with the love, the bond, the coming together. And then you will notice on my post the very few amount, or the lesser amount, I should say, when it's a tough issue. You want to know why it's less? It doesn't mean I got less friends. It doesn't mean I got less family. It doesn't mean I got less influence. What it means is, it's tough. There's fatigue in people for wanting to go and deal with the embrace part of the step. Three steps in this process of how we come together. Embrace, face, and race. And if you don't deal with step one, you're not going to get through past step three. We got three steps we got to deal with. Embrace, type it in. Embrace, face, race. Those are the three aces we got to deal with. How, Matter of fact, how do we ace this? You know, when you got the ace card, the big one, how do we ace this? You got to go through that three-step process. Now, real life, real life happening to me, something that's in my life is my best friend, which is closer to me as a brother than my blood brother. His name is Scott Harris. He is a bona fide white man. Okay? So a bona fide white middle-aged man and I, this multi- Racial human being categorized as a black man, we are united and tied together at the hip and have been this way for over 23 years. Over. So, out, as all these problems have been happening over these decades and over these centuries, the last 23 years, Scott Harris and I showed that it can be done. It can be done. It can be done. Why? Because, see, Scott Harris and I are not afraid to embrace. We're not afraid to face, and we're not afraid to talk about race. Do y'all know the talks we've had? That's why I love Scott so much, because as a middle-aged white businessman and as a young man, Now we're going on decades, taking them all the way back to a younger man, right? He and I have been able to have open, honest conversations. And he and I have been waiting for the moment, the time, where he and I, with our relationship, could actually make a bigger impact in the world. In the world, he and I. And we we don't even come close to seeing. Think about it. Scott's on it right now. So I'm just commenting. We don't even think about the race issue. He never looks at me as a black man. I never look at him as a white man. I'm talking about it now for the sake of illustration so we can drive this point home. Now, Scott and I have had to have some tough talks because we're so tied at the hip. We've done so many things together. But I said to Scott, I said, Scott, we got to think about this. You know, because he told me how he grew up in a town on one side of the tracks where most of the white families were and on the other side of the tracks where most of the black family were. When I say tracks, that's the railroad tracks. Country boys from Kentucky, right? I'm from Kentucky. Grew up right next to a railroad track. So when, when we talk about this, he told me about the challenges he went through as being a white man, white boy when he wanted to go around and hang out with some of the black kids. And he talked about sometimes it was strange, it was a little stressed. But then as he was just open and loving and caring and honest and just got in there, they end up loving him. But I ask him, why do you think there was animosity in the first place? See, that's the conversations that he and I've had. So if you felt there was a little animosity, why? Because that particular group of people felt like they were not treated equal. They've been suppressed. They went through hard ache, hard times, and it goes back generations. It goes back literally centuries, hundreds and hundreds of years. And when I said that to Scott, Scott was like, dang, you know what? That's something to think about. No wonder people can feel that way. I said, Scott, think about it. For 250 years, This country had black people for for free slave labor. And then when they were emancipated to be free, then they still were discriminated against and had to deal with Jim Crow laws. I was reading to some of my close friends we were on the phone, and I said, I'm going to read you something from 1963, where there were, I think there was approximately 21 states. Still, 1963. Right? We're talking about just about 50-some years ago. I was born in 68. So see, six, just five years before I was born, it was illegal in the U- United States of America to, to have an interracial marriage. And I read him, the North Carolina, I read my friends, the North Carolina decree about interracial marriage. It was a criminal offense if a white person married a black person. They say Negro in there, all capitals. They put capital N-E-G-R-O. It says criminal And if those people have children, they will be considered illegitimate children, and they will face criminal charges, not only them, but whoever married them, whoever abetted in them in that. Go look it up. Just type in. When was interracial? When was the last time interracial marriage in the United States was legal? All right, so... When I, when I talked to Scott about this, I talked to other friends about this. I said, can you imagine? We're just talking about about 50 years ago, right? And we're talking about that was going on in this country, considered illegal, considered a criminal offense. But it wasn't considered a criminal offense for a white slave owner to rape a black woman slave and them have a child together. Hey, think all these black, all these black or what's considered black people got so light, have lighter tones. If, if you see seen a person from Africa that's completely African descent, they're going to be darker, darker, darker tone. More melanin, mel- what we you call it? Melanin. Melanin. Melanin in the skin, right? Well, how do you think you got lighter? Look at me, I'm lighter. How do you get lighter? Because there was some mixing up But it wasn't considered criminal on the other side So see, those conversations For people that don't really want change They don't want it They're going to a mental fatigue They'll go, oh my gosh That had nothing to do with me Had nothing to do with me I didn't have anything I've I, I, I never had slaves My parents never had slaves And they'll even say that my grandparents That, that has nothing to do with me It has everything to do with you because it has to do with, are we going to make this world a better place? So we got to discuss it. Now, because of the fact that I brought some of those conversations up to my best friend, my brother, my white, for the sake of this, my white brother, Scott Harris, because of me being able to share with him that point of view and him having no resistance, him not getting defensive at all, him just going, man, that's something to think about. And then he come back and tell me some of the rough stuff he's went through, being ostracized sometimes from the black community. And I go, man, that ain't right. And because we had empathy for each other and we willing to understand it, like real, like, was that right? Was it, was it right to have slaves? Was that right? Was that right to have 200 plus years of labor? Was that right? To hang thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people hang them on public display, taking pictures? Go go type in hangings with white crowds and look at all the white folks in the photo, proud like they like they're hanging a deer or something. For those that hunt. Imagine it's a human getting hung. Can you imagine that? So When we have a conversation about that, we go, man, that was ugly, that was nasty, that was terrible. See, then, when we have that empathy, you see, now, we've embraced it. Once we've embraced it, right? And we're willing to face it. Now, what does face it mean? Do not get mentally fatigued. If you're gonna be a part of us coming together, Embrace it, face it then. All right, let's talk about this thing. Let's talk about it, let's talk about it. You know, go find, go, go search out some of your black friends that maybe you've been afraid to go talk to if you're white. Go search about. Hey, can you have a, have a conference call. Say I want about 20 of my black friends come on this conference call and would you please let it all out with me about how you felt. But I want you to let me let it all out with how I feel. Whether I felt the pressure or not, or whether I need some help in understanding more. I need some help. Like literally, just talk about it. Be wrong. See, the faster we face this, and we go ahead and address it, the faster we move on to the race issue that becomes a non-issue. We face it, now move past race. I'm telling you, you ought to see when I'm in the company of my family and my friends. When I say family, I'm talking about my real family and friends, not just blood. Because I've got most of my spiritual friends are thicker than my blood family. I do have extreme close relationships in my blood family. But I've got a ton outside of my blood family that we spiritually connect at such a high level. And we love each other, and man, you'll see sometimes we'll come together in groups and white, black, Latino, Asian, uh, Middle Eastern, Native American. You see all these different mix it in. There's nobody. I asked somebody yesterday, I said, have you ever been together when all of my group of family and friends are around? Like if we get together, I said, did you ever feel any type of racism whatsoever? They said, absolutely not. Really? I'm talking about, I've been in I've had rooms of people, three, four, hundred people in the room. And nobody even smelled race. A racial issue. None. And I'm talking about all kind of people hugging each other, loving on each other. All oh, just loving. I mean, the last thing somebody sees is a color. You wanna know why? Because I chose to step up. I chose to embrace. Now, I've had to embrace all kinds of sides because I'm part black, I'm part Indian, and I'm part white. That's a fact, okay? So, and I've been tracking back my genealogies, you know? I'm going to post a picture here in a little bit of my great-great-great-grandfather, white as can be, right? And my grandfather, white as can be, right? And my grandfather's mother, she was white. Right? And so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna post it. So y'all can see I gotta deal with that. Cause somewhere on back in there, more than likely, is some slave owners. So me being a descendant, I gotta go ahead and have an under I gotta have some empathy for anyone that was enslaved. Imagine what goes on in me. Cause I got part of me that is from a lineage of slave owners, and I got part of me that is from a lineage of mutilated people, American Indians. I got a part of me that's part of slaves. And so I got all these conversations that have to go on inside of me for me to face who I really am. So maybe that makes me extremely qualified to have these conversations with you. Hopefully, this dialogue helps you. And I'm just not afraid of it. And that's why, as I keep talking to people, and we ever decide to just come together, you just will not feel race around us. You're not gonna feel the race issue, you wanna know why? Because everybody, when we get together, all of those people have embraced the issue, the tragedy that happened with slavery. It's just a tragedy. Can we we embrace that? That's tragic, man. Somebody to be enslaved. Would you wanna be enslaved? Would you want your children to be enslaved? Would you want them whipped to where their back is tore up? You can't hardly recognize their back. No, that's tragic. And my question is, how do we come together if we don't deal with that? Do you know, I want everybody to come together and talk to me now. Because I consider everybody watching as my family and friends. And we can make the difference, all of us that are watching this. We can have the courage. We can share this with our family and friends and go, give me some feedback on this. How does this make you feel, this conversation that Jay Nolan's having, right? Have we ever, as a nation in the USA, I want all y'all to feedback with me. I want everybody to respond to this, okay? Everybody watching, whether you're watching it live or the recording, I want you to respond. Have we ever, as a nation in the USA, ever dealt with the slave issue as a nation, have we ever dealt with the slaughtering of the American Indians? Have we ever came and said, has anybody from a leadership position said, we're going to pull the nation together? Come on, we must talk. We must talk. Has anybody ever said, I'm not as the leader, as, as our leadership of this country, we are not going to deal with any other major issues until we get this issue settled once and for all so we can really move forward and become the best nation that's ever existed that's not even questioned. Because people believe that now. So imagine if we're considered the greatest nation now, but if we go ahead and do this, it will just go, like, they won't even talk about Rome and the USA, comparing us to Rome and the USA. They won't be talking about that, right? some of the great nations over time. We just haven't dealt with it. Y'all talk to me. Y'all comment. Come on. You can be part of the solution right now. There's going to be a lot of people watch these comments. There's going to be a lot of people watch this video. You should be sharing this video if it's not for any more than this section for people to deal with it. Look at that answer. Not, Not appropriately. I mean, I mean like if I'm a, if I if I was a leader, one of the leaders in the nation, or a body of the leaders, think about it. Our, 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 our Congress. What if they said, all right, here we go, and they're gonna work together with the president. And the president's gonna work together with Congress, and they say, We are done with this particular issue. We're done with it. We are not gonna keep on. Dealing with this over and over and over and setting us back as as a nation. We're not going to do it. How can we feel completely safe in our own country if we don't deal with this? The strife that's out in the streets. How can we feel safe within our our towns, our streets, right? Right? How can we feel safe if we don't want to deal with this issue? Let this thing is so big, it just keeps staring, and we keep letting it be there, right? We just keep putting a Band-Aid on it, a Band-Aid on it, a Band-Aid on it. And nobody's willing up to this point to rip that Band-Aid off and look at that scab. I mean, look at that scar. That open wound is still open. It's an open wound. It's an open wound. It's still open. So if we, I love that. Marcy says, no, we haven't dealt with it because there is a disconnect with the politicians and the people. Y'all hear what this lady just said? She says, we haven't dealt with it because there's a disconnect with the politicians and the people. Well, who puts the politicians in their place? We, the people. So the disconnect can be fixed if we, the people who put these people in power say, hey, we want to deal with this. See, we gotta deal with this. We need this to be addressed openly, publicly. Hey, we gotta deal with this. We have to deal with there was a there was a a whole group of people, Native Americans, that were slaughtered, and we know we pushed them over on these reservations, and we know. We threw them a little token and let them have some casinos. Okay. We know we give them some few extra special privileges because we took the country from them. But who's willing to admit from the leadership, you know what? We, we we did these people wrong. These people got done wrong, man. We came and killed. We didn't work cooperatively with them to co- to cohabitate cooperatively. We just took them out. So, think about this. Has that conversation really happened from the leadership standpoint? If it hasn't, then we we are still we got an open wound. Okay, these people that were enslaved for hundreds of years, that were whipped, that were hung, that were the women raped, men sodomized. They ain't even talking about that much. You ought to see all the stories about the slave owners who were sodomizing some of the men to break them down to their lowest feeling. Sodomized them. I won't talk about that, but we got to go embrace that. We got to say, yeah, that happened. Does that hurt? Yes. Did we, as a, did any of us, have anything to personally deal with that? No. Were those our ancestors? Yes. Do we have to answer for what our ancestors have done? Absolutely, yes. Stop running from it. I had to stop running from it. I like what Malik just put up. Malika, Malika just put up. She put Google Black Wall Street. I think it was 1921 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was all these vibrant, growing black businesses. And then somebody said something about a black person that had said something or or done something to a white person, and then a whole group, including the police, went over and killed 300 black people and annihilated all those those vibrant-running businesses, annihilated them. Have we, as a country, have we brought that up and said, we're going to deal with that? That is wrong. That's all we got to do. What are we afraid of? You're not, and I'm not going to die having these conversations. We're not going to die. It might be uncomfortable. It might hurt to think that, man, some of my ancestors literally enslaved some people. Some of my ancestors were were slaves. Some of my ancestors were mutilated and killed. And all that can bring up, see, on this side over here, it can bring up all this bitterness from my black and my Indian heritage. I could get bitter going, man, because especially if you hear the stories my grandfather on my dad's side told me. If you hear the stories, unbelievable. I mean, it can make you bitter. But I chose not to be bitter. I chose to embrace it and then influence in my family. So I'm a major influence in my family about tearing down racism from the black side and the Indian side. So I could talk to my black and Indian relatives and say, no, 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 no. I know it hurts. I know it's better. I know you feel that way. But we got to go embrace our white brothers and sisters and let them know that there's there's some hurt back in here. And we don't want any extra, no extra babying, no extra treatment. What we want is to get up to equality. Now we might have to keep Tugging and pulling and marching And doing all these things you see To get up to equality But after we get to equality You ain't got to give us no extra That's the dominant field In the minority community in the USA It's dominant I know I talk to a lot of people A lot of influence With a lot of people So How do we come together? We come together Number one We got to embrace this Tough man And I'm telling you I know it's tough I know it can fatigue you out But if you let it fatigue you out, you're part of the problem because you got to bounce back. If you get a little bit tired, say, nope, I don't care if I got to have 1,000 conversations. If I'm from my white side, I don't care if I got to have 1,000 conversations. I'm willing to do it to make this change for my children and my grandchildren. I'm going to put the work in. I don't care. When you get at Scott Harris... My best friend, again, yeah, for those who are coming on late, he's white. I told you, Scott will tell you. He, he will have a thousand conversation if it can make it better for his children. If you can make it better for his children, he, if it's a thousand, two thousand, you just say, all right, until it changes. So the word is until. Until, everybody type in until. I'm going to be a part of the solution without getting mentally fatigued until it changes. Now, this is just one of these conversations that we must talk about. I'm getting very close because this is the big major issue, but I'm going to mix in some other stuff. I want to talk about what's going on with our environment, you see. I want to talk about what's going on with our oceans. I want to talk about what's going on with our planet. I want to talk about what's going on with battered women and children. I want to talk about sex trafficking. This is why this is so important, what we're doing here. Because if we come together as a group of people, this Black Lives Matter movement that's happening, don't get caught up on the word Black Lives Matter. See, I see people go, well, all lives matter. (laughs) Of course, all lives matter. But if somebody says, save the whales, you wouldn't go all man. What about the dolphins? The dolphins, all the all the sea all the sea creatures matter. You wouldn't do that. There's there's a group of people that are saying, man, we're getting trashed over here. And I just and I, matter of fact, I just heard a good it's really raw. Unless you know, I wouldn't suggest you watch it unless you or have it, have the ear that you can handle some uh, type vulgar language. Dave Chappelle, who a lot of people follow. Dave Chappelle did a special on YouTube Netflix called 8 Minutes and 40... So it's 8 colon 46. Stands for 8 minutes, 46 seconds. The amount of time that officer leaned on George Floyd's neck. And he was... It's the first concert that's happened in the USA since the coronavirus outbreak. So it's the first one. It just happened about, I don't know, less than a week ago. And he just had a... He just had a raw... Now, it's raw... It's got some vulgar language in it, but if you get past that and you listen to what he was saying at the core, you go, "Oh, I get it, right? Because when he talked about a black police officer that that had a co-partner, his partner was a white lady police officer. I think it was in LA. You hear him tell the story, but I kind of paraphrase it where she was being overly aggressive in a situation and kind of abusing her power and he went and reported it that she was that way and he got fired and he did everything he could to get his job back. Some of y'all remember the story. He did everything he could to get his job back. And He was wrongfully fired. That's what they say. And he ended up losing his mind. And he ended up shooting some other police officers and killing them because he went crazy. And the reason Chappelle brought him up because he wrote a manifesto and he named it Dave Dave Chappelle. He considered him a genius. And so they reached out to Dave Chappelle to see if he could talk to him when they were trying to do this big manhunt. But Dave Chappelle's message was when they found him, I think it was up in Big Bear Lake, California, they had around 400 police officers that converged on the scene, and they end up lighting him up. They end up killing this man just to smithereens. And what his point was, was that if a police officer kills a black man, murders him like you did, what is it that you think is going to happen? It's going to be a bunch of people be ir- uh, 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 just be irate. Because if a police officer's killed, y'all know this, everybody bands together. All the police officers, they go on a big hut, they band together, they tore up. And so it needs just to be equal. Wrong is wrong. Shouldn't be killing a police officer. Shouldn't be killing a citizen. Wrongfully. Unarmed. Shouldn't do it. Embrace that. It's wrong on both sides. That's an embrace. Face that. I'm willing to have the courage and the guts to talk about it. And it's not, now I'm moving past the race issue because I embraced it and I faced it. And I got a group of friends that go, yeah, we can do that. Now, if we practice this over and over, we just practice it. We get into some conversation. We get uncomfortable. And we go in with love and empathy. We're listening. And our whole purpose, and I'm ending with this, and our whole purpose is this. We are, must come together. It's not an option to be separated. It's not an option. It's not good for us to have ourselves not be together. That's not healthy. It's not safe for us to be divisive and to be separate. It's not because there's going to be feel, there's going to be groups that feel unequal. We must come together. And we do that because we must talk. That's how we get it done. We just must talk. We keep having these conversations. But I'm going to keep dealing with this. I'm going to keep bringing it. Y'all check out. We got a new blog that's gone up. We got a new post coming out today sometime. Got a new post coming out. If you go over to wemusttalk.com, you'll be able to keep watching the new blogs coming out. You're going to see at least one every week. And we're going to build that platform out. And we're going to talk about tough stuff. And we're going to talk about fun stuff. We must talk about how do we have more fun. You know, I, I want to have a talk soon about how do we have more fun in a crisis. What are some things we can do when it, to, to take some of this pressure off so we don't feel like we're going to pop. I want to, do, I want to do one on those. On that too. About we must talk about how to have fun even in a crisis. Got to be happy. Go to we must talk.com. We got a new blog coming out today. And we're gonna mix it up. And we're gonna come back together. And we're just gonna keep on talking to people. We're just gonna keep on talking, having conversation. Whoever wants to come around, you're welcome to come around. This is a safe zone for all races. Everybody's safe here. We can talk about it all. We call it like it is in this zone. In the We Must Talk zone. I'm about to launch a podcast. How many of y'all like that? I'm going to launch a podcast off of We Must Talk. What is my purpose here? Social responsibility. Social justice. Environmental responsibility. Environmental justice. Human rights. Civil rights. That's my mission. I, I want us to come together. I'm going to keep talking about it, and maybe I can inspire a couple of y'all to get some of the other people you know that have influence to come together, and we start collaborating back and forth, and we let this thing mushroom out, and we all all of a sudden say, hey, this little group we had together, where we were having our conversations, we were supporting one another here through these times, this little group had a spark in this group. It had a spark in this group. And then maybe one day, we have about 10 different groups of people that have all their centers of influence come together and we create a bigger movement. And then we get all these people that have embraced the past. They're not all tore up about the past. They just embraced it. We don't, we're not living it no more. It can't kill us to just talk about it. So we go ahead and deal with that. We face it. We got courage, right? And we move past race. And all these organizations come together that, that's that way. This world will be a better place for myself, for my family, for yourself and your family. I appreciate y'all spending this time together. Share this message if you feel encouraged about making a change. And just remember, we must talk. That will make the difference. I love y'all. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.